Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to today's episode. This is episode 92. We're getting close to the 100 mark. This is hectic. Anyway, episode 92. Today, I'm going to be talking about different versions of yourself, self-love, pressure that you put on yourself. It sounds a little bit weird, but when I break it down, it's going to make a whole lot of sense to you. But basically, one of the facets of self-love is to know when to put pressure on yourself, the difference between good pressure and bad pressure, external pressure and internal pressure, when to lay off the pressure, how to lay off the pressure, it goes on and on and on, okay? But if you kind of let that go haywire, you end up feeling extremely overwhelmed and you feel inadequate, okay? And that's what can lead to feelings of um, low self-love and low self-esteem and all of that. So I'm going to be going into that and then how that leads on to understanding the different versions of you and how to service each of that of those different versions to feel more complete, to feel happier, more relaxed and to have less pressure on yourself while probably achieving a whole lot more and also being a whole lot happier. So there's quite a bit to get through. Um, as usual, quick little update on my week. Um, look, Look, not that much. Oh, I had my one year with Tyrone. That was a really good time. We went to this epic. Okay, if you guys live in Sydney, recommend, huge recommendation. This Spanish restaurant is called Una Mas and it is in uh, in Kuji, in the pavilion. And it is amazing. And we got seated at like the chef's table and we were chatting to the chef the whole time. And he was a strong vibe and the food was incredible. The cocktails, the margaritas were great. So highly recommend if you've ever considered it, go for gold. It's amazing. Um, apart from that, yeah, just working, trying to sort out kind of the next stages for what I want to do with you know, the podcast and merch and everything kind of surrounding that. There's a lot of ideas and I always have so many ideas, but it's just kind of picking one or two to work on at the time and then fleshing that out and actioning it before, you know, because if I try and do everything, then I really kind of get stagnant and I go nowhere. So that's that's the main thing at the moment. I'm just brainstorming, but there's lots of exciting things to come. Um, I will be graduating next month as well. That's very exciting. I've got my graduation date. That's on the 9th of December. So good times. I get to wear the hat. I get to toss the hat into the air and I will technically be a master. I will be the master of beans. Anyway, Separate to all of that, let's get into a little fact of today. I thought I'd go into hangovers because I think we've most of us have experienced a hangover and it's not a good time. It's not a good time. So I thought let's go into kind of what happens when you are hungover. And a bit of a, a, um, a what do you call it, a spoiler alert, there's no like real way to totally avoid a hangover unless you just – pace yourself while you're drinking or you don't drink at all. But there are definitely things you can do to alleviate the hangover and make it a whole lot better than what it could be. So let's kind of talk about it. So what happens when you are hungover? Firstly, alcohol makes you feel extremely dehydrated. It is a diuretic. The level of dehydration has a lot of effects on your entire body. But basically, you lose four parts of liquid or water in your body to every one part of alcohol that you consume. So unless you're consuming like a lot of water, and of course, it's important to have food in your stomach as well, because that slows down the absorption of ethanol into the bloodstream. Um, You know, that whole idea of like drinking on an empty stomach, that's for sure going to accelerate the process. I think that's just a a very obvious fact. And if it's not, then there you go. That's why, because you're not 
putting a barrier between the absorption of ethanol. So you absorb it way too quickly. It gets way too quickly into the bloodstream. So that's why it's good to eat. Um, and, of course, it's good to stay hydrated when you're drinking. Um, that and, and not just like have, you know, orange juice with your vodka. Like drink water as well. That's really important if you want to stave off a hangover. Um, so you are losing a lot of liquid and the reason you get a headache, how's this? There's a few reasons, but one of the reasons why you get a headache is that this dehydration at such a crazy degree when you are really, really drunk or hungover actually causes your brain to shrink slightly and it causes a bit of tension between your brain and the membrane that surrounds the brain and that hurts the brain. That causes pressure essentially. It's like a a weird pressure between the brain and the membrane um, and it's not very pleasant. So until you get right back up to those hydration levels, you're going to have that headache. Um, But then there's other reasons that you have a headache as well, which I'll go into in a second. So so when you drink, your body then produces this toxin. There's a whole like complicated way of how it produces it. I'm not going to go into it, but it produces a toxin called acetaldehyde, okay? And this can actually be 10 to 20 or some, some, some um, sources say even 30 times more toxic than alcohol on the body. So if you don't drink too much, then your liver can actually metabolize this acetaldehyde by combining it to an enzyme called acetaldehyde dehydrogenase. So remember anything that ends in ASE, A's is an enzyme, so dehydrogenase. And it also combines it with something called glutathione, okay? And those are the things that help kind of clear it properly, metabolize it properly, get it out of your system. But when you drink too much, the liver runs out of those two things. So the toxins then build up in your body. It doesn't get cleared properly because your liver has run out of those two things. And then that's where you're getting the nausea, the vomiting, the toxins in your stomach. So that's causing your, your gut to be like, let's fucking get rid of this shit because it's toxic. So that's why you're vomiting. It's also then another reason why you get headaches as well because it's a toxin. It doesn't feel good for the body. And so your body is now you know, under distress, okay? Um, You're also then going to secrete more acids within the gut and the stomach lining and you're going to like feel like shit, okay? Now, is it true that different alcohols can cause a worse hangover than other alcohols? Yes, it is. Now, the reason for this is that alcohols that, like it's basically – during the fermentation process, one of the byproducts of the fermentation process is called a congener, okay? And the more congeners there are present, the worse, it's like more toxins, it adds to the effect of the hangover. So the worse your hangover is going to be. Not not by a long shot, like you're still, if you even if you have like a relatively clear alcohol with less congeners, you're still going to get a hangover because of everything I just explained. But if you have the really dark alcohols where you've got more of this kind of toxin present this congener so that's red wines or dark liquor these impurities basically it's an impurity um, then you're more likely for your hangover to be a little bit more violent whereas if you have alcohol with less congeners like vodka clear liquors things like that um, they've got less so in some cases you're probably going to have less symptoms but still you if you're drinking a lot the hangover will probably be there. But if you're someone that's like, why is it that when I have vodka, I'm fine? Or when I have clear tequila, I'm fine. But then when I have red wine, it's game over. That's probably one of the reasons for that. Okay, so what can you do? Let's say that you're already hungover. Let's say you've already had the drinks. You've already had the drinks. The first thing I recommend is 
I know you might not feel like it, but whenever possible, drink as much water before you go to sleep. Please drink water before you go to sleep. That is so crucial. Um, even if you throw in like a Barocco or something, some B vitamin, some sort of B vitamin is going to be really, really good because your alcohol kind of um, strips the body of the, your stores of B vitamins. So some people think that taking B vitamins prior to drinking is going to be beneficial to stave off the hangover. It's not really the case because the B, B vitamins that you have consumed, the alcohol is just kind of going to get rid of that anyway. So what you want to be doing is you want to have the B vitamins after you've been drinking um, and during the hangover process. So you can, whether you're going for an infusion or whether you're having one of those like, you know, Barocca or if you're not, in, I don't know if every country has Barocca, but it's basically those tablets that dissolve in water and it tastes delicious. So something like that. You also want to be having like electrolytes. You need sodium and you need sugars as well. Some, something's going to give you a bit of energy. You want to be feeding your brain as well. You don't want to feel like really depleted and shit. Um, so yeah, water before you go to bed, water during the night. What I do if I've had a, like a few drinks and I know like this, you know, I'm going to be feeling like shit tomorrow. I drink a shit ton of water before I go to sleep, which then causes me to wake up like three hours later to go to the bathroom. And then I drink more water again. So when I wake up, obviously I've got less chances of that headache feeling because I've really replenished. I've hydrated a lot. And then very light exercise is recommended. I know some people absolutely couldn't do that, but just that movement of light exercise with the hydration, with the B vitamins, that's going to be kind of as like it's going to be helpful. Look, but nothing is going to fully, fully, fully cure a hangover because once the damage has been done, you're then, your body then has to kind of go through the motions, go through the pain, like get rid of all the toxins, rehydrate the brain before you can start to feel good again. Okay, so now let's get into the topic of today. The first thing I want to talk about is pressure, okay? I want to start by talking about external pressure, the difference between external pressure and internal pressure, okay? External pressure is the pressure you feel around other people. So, oh, my parents have put pressure on me to do this. Um, my friends um, pressure me to do things or, or it could be something like you feel pressured by society, you feel pressured by a belief system that you hold. It's all these things around you that you think you have to be a certain way or you're not living up to it. That's kind of the external pressures. Internal pressures are you feeling like if you don't do this thing for yourself or for your life or for what you think you should be doing, um, then you're not going to be good enough. It's living up to this thing for yourself. Now, there are good pressures very good pressures, of course. And then there are bad pressures. There are good pressures like having a deadline for work, a deadline for an assessment, you know, the stuff that actually makes you take action and do something with your time. That's a good pressure. It's kind of this, it's a driving force in a way. It's what stops us from procrastinating indefinitely. It's also what can help some people perform better. A lot of people like to perform better under pressure because they're more focused. They're more in the zone. They have less time to ponder this idea or that idea. So they're more likely to take um, intentional action on something. The good kind of pressure of getting on a stage and it's like, I've got to perform now. All that kind of stuff where you're getting that that release of you know cortisol and adrenaline and you're performing, whether it's on a stage, whether you're an, an athlete competing, whether you're presenting something at work, whether you're auditioning, whatever it is that you might be doing, some people really, that, that's, there's a good pressure and that's the one. It's kind of acute, it doesn't go on forever and it gets you to where you want to be to achieve something, okay? So all those pressures are fine. The bad pressure is this idea that you are not living up to this image that you have for yourself, that you are just 
not enough, where you constantly put pressure on yourself to be a certain person, even if it doesn't come easy to you, um, or to act a certain way when you're around people, or a big one is to live up to other people's expectations. When you have that kind of pressure, and that is not acute pressure, it's not this short-term thing where you've got pressure for a goal, pressure for a performance, pressure for an outcome. When you're talking about pressure long-term about who you are as a person and what you need to uphold and who you need to be, that's going to lead to you doubting your abilities, to you doubting your worth as a person. It's going to lead to depression, Stress, of course, anxiety and feelings of inadequacy, just feeling like you are just not good enough. You feel like, you know, you've got all this pressure on yourself. Everyone around you seems to be doing well, but you're just focusing on the fact that you're not doing enough or you're not good enough. And that's where you're going to have problems with your self-love. All of that is pressure. That's the self-pressure and it's just not helpful for you, okay? So why does this happen? Why do we get this pressure initially? Why do we feel this way about ourselves? Firstly, you need to identify that somewhere along the line, you've created this this idea of who you are. And some people have a really, really broad idea of who they are. They're very eclectic. They're very open-minded. They kind of just roll with things. The perfect example of someone who's very much kind of they just flow with life is someone like Eckhart Tolle, right? He doesn't like, he doesn't really connect himself with one belief system or he doesn't connect himself with one passion or one thing. He's kind of just very present and very happy and he just rolls with life. He's very intentional. He's achieved a lot in his life, but he'd be one of those people that the idea of who he is or his idea of who he is is always in a state of flux. It's kind of always moving. It's always open to change, okay? Then there are some people that have this very locked-in idea of who they are, okay? And sometimes the, the issue is that you can have an idea of who you are, but you restrict yourself way too much. You end up pigeonholing yourself in certain categories about who you are, the kind of person you are, your kind of personality, what you like, what you don't like, all that kind of stuff, which to an extent, of course, is fine. It's important to identify the things that you genuinely don't like or like. But sometimes we can pigeonhole ourselves a little bit too much. And when you pigeonhole yourself way too much with this restrictive concept of who you are as a person, you then restrict yourself from growth. You restrict yourself from having an open mind. You then have other people pigeonholing you and then you feel their pressure. And often, not always, definitely not always, especially when it comes to family or like when you've been raised in a certain way, but often people pressure you into being a certain way or thinking a certain way because you've created that image so strongly for other people. So for example, when people say, oh, that's not like you to do that. That's not like you to say that. That's not like, because maybe you've been always putting across that you're just this kind of person. You're not in this state of flux. You're just that is who you are and you have kind of labeled yourself as that. So labels, pigeonholes, all of that, I'm not a huge fan of, okay? Because you then, so in addition to restricting yourself from growth, you then have an inability to see things from other from other perspectives or multiple perspectives. Um, and then you're less likely to try new things. You're going to be more stressed and more anxious, okay? So let's talk about examples of this, okay? Because I'm going to start going into different versions of yourself and you're going to realize that all of us have many different versions of ourselves. There's many facets to your personality. I actually wrote a chapter around this exact topic in my new book that I've just submitted. submitted. So I thought I'd do a podcast kind of around this topic. 
And this morning I was talking to one of my friends and it was very, like this topic was so relevant that we decided that I'd be doing my podcast today on this. You, you might be somebody that, I'll start with an example. You might be somebody that thinks I'm really outgoing. I'm so outgoing. I'm the life of the party. I'm an extrovert. I'm this, I'm that. You talk about your, you've done your personality type test. You've done this, you've done that. You're the most outgoing person. Then one day you think, oh my God, I really can't go out. I'm fucking exhausted. I can't go out. I'm just, so you're at home and then you think something's wrong with me. Oh God, I must be burning out. I must, I must be like, I don't know, am I depressed? Am I down? Am I this? Something's wrong with me because I'm not my usual self. This idea of I'm not my usual self, okay? The problem with that is that you and nobody can be this outgoing, in-your-face, life-of-the-party person 24-7, okay? You need to ebb and flow with energies in your life. You need to listen to the different facets of who you are as a person and what your needs are, and you need to tap into those different aspects of yourself and your different needs in order to feel complete and to feel happy. So there might be a part of you that's a massive homebody that's screaming for attention, being like, I just want to chill. Nothing's wrong. I'm not depressed. I'm not burning out. I just literally just want to chill. And it doesn't mean that something is wrong, but you're interpreting as something's wrong with me. I can't do that. Okay. You feel pressure. You feel pressure to go out. You feel pressure to be this certain person. Sometimes when you go out, you might just want to be quiet you might just want to talk to one person when you're out and just sit and have a DNM with someone in the corner instead of being like the life of the party and the entertainer. But you feel pressure because people expect you to be that kind of person at the party. You might be someone that's super introverted, but one day you go out and you think, oh my God, I really just want to have a good time. I want to have fun. I want to let my hair down. And everyone's like, oh my God, she must be so drunk. When in reality, you're probably not, but you're just having a really good time, but it's just not like you to be that way. If you start to learn and understand about the different facets of who you are and what makes up you, you're going to feel that there's so much more to be explored. There's, you're going to start to realize, wow, if I were to tap into all those different parts of me, I wouldn't feel like I'm too pressured to be a certain kind of person. I'd feel a lot more relaxed. I would feel like I have more freedom with what I want to do with my time and I would feel happier. I feel less confined. So I'm going to give you some examples of different versions of self that exist for me personally within my day and how they all kind of, they're all a bit different, okay? So I've got my nurturing self. I'm not a nurturer in general. I'm absolutely not, right? I'm, I I care and I love hard and all of that, but I'm not like, oh, darling, no, that's just not me. But there is a nurturing side to me and I'm this way, you know, I can be this way with Tyrone. I can be this way with, you know, children in the family or, you know, Pets, my sister's dog. I'm a massive nurturer to my sister's dog. And I go into this mode that's not like any other mode anywhere else. So it's this different human being that I slip into when I'm around these people that I'm like, my voice is all different. And that's just, okay, the nurturing self. Then I've got the outgoing party animal, life of the party version of myself, where I am literally in the zone. I am... I am out, I am about, I am dancing, drinking, meeting new people, meeting as many new people as possible, talking to the bartender, chatting. I'm just, I'm out there to just have a good time and meet as many people as possible. Then I've got the introvert self where I just want to sit with one person and when other people suggest a group, I'm like, oh, no, fuck that shit. I just want one person and I just want to chill like with Liv or with my cousin Giselle or with Tyrone or whoever and it's just one-on-one kind of thing. 
and just not do much at all. Then I've got my total recluse self where I'm like, nobody called me, nobody talked to me, my phone is on silent and I just want to be 100% alone. And the, the, the interesting thing about the total recluse self is it doesn't have to mean that I'm burnt out. It doesn't mean that I'm annoyed. I could be really happy and be in my total recluse mood, okay, where I don't want a bar of anything or anyone and I could be in a very loving like state, okay, but I just need to be completely alone in solitude. I love it, okay. Then I've got my family-centered one where I have to be around the family and feel all that love. Then I've got my boss bitch in the zone one which is me at work when I'm really getting shit done. And that's a different different energy altogether to all the other ones that I said. It's literally, it's more, less emotional, more action, more analytical, bang, 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 bang. All those ones that I just mentioned are very contrasting to each other. If I was only to try and be one of those across the board in my life, I would feel very incomplete. I would feel very stressed. I would feel a lot of pressure on myself because I'd try and have this persona in all the areas of my life, okay? So I want you to grab a piece of paper, sit down and write down all the versions of yourself that you would feel really comfortable exploring. Like, do you really actually enjoy just completely being alone? You might not and that's fine, but just start to look at all the different versions. You might have a version of yourself that's super daredevil adventurous and then another version that just really wants to bake cookies and be like a homemaker kind of version and that's still within the same human being, okay? Now, there is a book that I started reading. I'm oh, probably like a third of the way through. Um, highly recommend you read it. My sister recommended this book to me and it's called The Alter Ego. Um, let me just figure out what, one sec. Yep, got it. It's called The Alter Ego by Todd Herman. I'm listening to the audiobook. Basically, this book, this is kind of, what I'm talking about is kind of similar to this. This book is about the idea of, creating an alter ego for yourself that is, you know, your high performer or just, just it doesn't have to be the high performer, but in most um, instances in the book that he talks about, he's talking about high performer. So you've got Beyonce that's got Sasha Fierce. He's got basketball players that he worked with that have this alter ego that when they step onto the court, they become this completely different person. They embody this so they don't feel the normal pressures that they might feel. They don't feel their insecurities. They're just a different version of themselves when they step onto the court um, or onto whatever. So my sister was obviously really into that because she's in like elite athlete and all of that so she's of course that's very interesting to have this almost like a different you know self that you can step into when you need it and you really build on this persona so you have a name for it you have um, you know like a personality around it you is this person calm is this person aggressive is this whatever and you create kind of this legit well like the book says it's an alter ego okay now Go and read the book. It's very interesting. And I think it'll really help people that want to kind of create a certain thing about them when they maybe go into work or when they may be in their creative side of things. But separate to all of that, read the book. It's very interesting. But that kind of ties into what I'm talking about, the different versions of you. There are going to be certain things that you do with your time, whether it's work, whether it's with your family, whether it's whatever. It's still the essence of you, okay? But you're going into it tapping into that side of you. And the beauty of it is if you honor all the different versions of yourself, then when you're feeling a little bit like flat, you don't have to think something's wrong, I'm this, I'm that. You just think maybe I need to tap into the introverted side of myself. I'm going to feel really fulfilled if I can tap into introverted me today. So then you think, I'm not going to go and do that thing today. I'm actually just going to call my bestie and say, hey, do you want to get a kebab and sit on the beach instead? 
you know, and then you're going to feel really fulfilled because you've tapped into that side of you. Then you're going to feel, wow, maybe I feel like quite nurturing right now. Maybe I'm going to call my partner or whoever and why don't we just like cook, why don't I, I cook a nice meal for them? Or why don't I ask them to cook me a meal and I just like, I want to be pampered and I just want to sit there and talk to them while they cook me a meal, you know, something like that. Every time you're feeling a little bit stressed, pause and think, what version of myself am I not serving right now? Have I been giving way too much into the boss bitch version of myself and I'm feeling a little bit like just too much? Is there another version of me right now that's neglected that I could tap into and feel really good? Okay, so I want you to write a list of all the different versions of yourself that make up who you are, what you enjoy. Obviously, there might be things that you absolutely don't love. But what I don't want you doing is having only one version of yourself that only says that you can be social. And that way, if you're being antisocial, you think that something's wrong with you. Or those versions, or I know people that say, oh, I just don't like, I don't like hanging out in a group. I don't like hanging out in a group. Okay, fine. You don't have to like hanging out in a group, but could that potentially then stop you from going to an event that you might actually enjoy because you've already blocked it being like, that's not me. I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. I don't do well with groups. I don't, nah, 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 nah. Instead of thinking, I'm primarily prefer to be with less people and it's fine. You know, this idea of pigeonholing yourself as one character type often, not always, but often doesn't serve you. Okay. And this is why I kind of have a really casual relationship with personality tests and star signs and all of that. They are what they are. I'm not here to argue for or against them or the validity of them. That's not what I'm here to do. But I just don't like the idea of being put into a category and labeled. I just feel like we we are way more dimensional than that. It's like when someone says, oh, have you done this personality type? Or what's your star sign? Oh, yep, yep, I knew it. I knew it. That's got to be you. I'm like, please. The human is capable of rebranding themselves time and time again. We go through so many evolutions in our lives. We've got many stages in life. What I value and want in my life evolves Every couple of years, depending on where I am in my life and depending on my experiences, it's not a static experience, okay? So a generic generic personality chart is just not going to cut it. Fun, yes, but descriptive of me as a human being, not even close, okay? So a personality test is going to grasp the side of you that you want to be seen for in that moment in your life. It is biased, because you are answering the questions. So we seek what we want to hear. We seek what we want to find. We uh, Personality tests are extremely biased. You are only answering the questions in a way that you're going to hear something about you that you want to hear. Okay, now let's do another little exercise. Grab a piece of paper. You can do it in your head. I don't mind. Let's think about all the statements that you say about yourself that are universal. Some are going to be good Some are going to be bad and some are just going to be fun and not really important, okay? And by universal, I mean blanket statements, statements that that are just like a statement that speaks for every aspect of your life or every aspect of your personality, like I'm a failure or something a lot more lighthearted, I always find a park or I'm never, like I'm not interested in sugar ever at all. It just doesn't interest me. So some are going to be good, some are going to be bad. And some are going to be things like I have, like the bad ones is when you say things like I have no control, I never have any control. Statements like that where you kind of set yourself up to fail, you put yourself down and then you end up believing it and you end up, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I want you to write down all these statements. 
I want you to start to get to the point where you're starting to identify statements where you feel pressure around, okay? Like you thinking that you're always a high performer and that's just ingrained in you. It's not a bad thing to be a high performer, but as long as you don't feel pressure to be that way all the time, that's when it becomes a problem, you know, for yourself. That's when you think, oh, if I want to chill out, is something wrong with me? Or if I just want to be alone, is something wrong with me? So start to find the statements about yourself, who you've pigeonholed yourself to be, where you feel pressure to live up to it. And if you didn't live up to it, you would feel like shit, okay? Write those all down. And then I want you to think, what would happen if I didn't do this? What would happen if I replaced it for another thing, like relaxing or being a daredevil or whatever, any of the things that you've got as possibilities for your for different versions of yourself? What would happen? What would be the consequences of that? Would I feel good? Would I feel neutral? Or would I feel bad? And then you've got to ask yourself, would I actually be letting myself down? Or would I be letting other people down if I didn't live up to this version of myself? Because a lot of the time you might be living up to a version of yourself and really reiterating that version of yourself because other people around you only kind of know that version of yourself. They haven't seen you be more open-minded and free with who you could be. So they might unintentionally be making you feel pressured to be that kind of person when they say, oh, that's, that's, it's not like you to say that. It's not like you to do that. That's very, without people realizing it, that's a very constricting thing to do to someone because it ends up making them feel like, oh, yeah, okay, sorry, I'll step, step back into line. I'll step back into that version of me that everybody knows. But then you feel that you then have to keep up appearances with that version of yourself. Fuck that version of yourself. Fuck the version of yourself. The essence of who your personality is and who you are is always going to be there, okay? You've still, who you are as a person is still going to be there and that's just you in the present moment, Okay, but what you like, what you find entertaining, the people you hang out with, your beliefs and opinions, they are all subject to change if you want them to. You don't have to, but if you want them to, they don't have to be this kind of set in stone thing. If you are somebody that is more open-minded and thinking, well, you know, I might change my mind on that or I might be wrong on this and I'm happy, you're, you're going to be less attached to things and you're going to feel less pressure. It's this idea that people who feel such an attachment to this sense of who they are and their personality type and what they do, if they're so attached to it, then when they engage in an argument or a debate, the thought of being proven wrong wrong is just unfathomable unfathomable so they end up arguing and becoming aggressive or becoming really just quite unpleasant to debate with or argue with because they are attaching their sense of self to their belief system and all of that once you get less attached to this one version and realize that there's all these different facets of your personality and you're always growing and you, you can change your opinion and you can change your mind and you can change your group of friends then you feel happier to kind of float between the different versions of yourself. You're less likely to feel pressured from other people and especially pressured by you, okay? The worst thing, it's annoying when someone says, wow, that's not really like you to do that or say that, but it's even worse if you say that to yourself. Oh, that's so not me. Oh, I, I, sh- I should have done that. I'd never do that. Like what if you're someone that just, you know, has thought that sleeping with a random on a one night stand is just a terrible idea and that's just what you thought and you really held that opinion and then one day you were out having a jolly old time and you end up having a one night stand and at the time you thought it was great but then you wake up 
filled with regret thinking, oh my God, what have I done? That's so not me. I, I would have never done that. How, why did I do that? The pressure, the fucking pressure. And then you end up regretting things because you think, oh, I shouldn't have done that. That wasn't like me. Why did I do that? Instead of being a bit more present in the moment, as long as you wanted to do something at the time, that's all that matters. This idea of this image of who I am and what I have to uphold, it's a cock blocker to experiences and meeting people and doing things and then this remorse and regret that you feel if you step outside the line thinking, oh, that's just out of who I'm supposed to be and who, fuck the lines, okay? You're going to feel a lot happier as a person when you think who I am is actually quite basic. It's just me right now in the present moment. Everything else is up to me and it's a choice. It, my, my future's not written for me and I don't have to be pressured to follow this path of a future. I decide. So if I want to be outgoing today, so be it. If I want to, you know, rebrand myself tomorrow and become an absolute daredevil, even though I've always been really conservative, good, I'm going to do that. If I want to do this, if I want to do that, it's up to you. What I'm trying to get you to see when you start writing down all these different versions of you is that who you are, is a very fluid thing, okay? And you can go any way you want to. And the only thing that's going to restrict you doing that is if you choose to pigeonhole yourself into a personality type, a a kind of like, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Are you really conservative or are you really kind of left of center? That kind of stuff. That's a choice and you make that choice. But the, the quicker you start realizing that you can include way more facets to yourself, the quicker you're going to realize that the, this pressure is fake. It's false. And we create it in our minds and it ends up being a prison. And then we allow other people to infiltrate our minds with their pressure of who they think we should be or who they think that we should, what role we should play in society or in the relationship with them. All of it is a choice. Start to step away from this pigeonholed version of yourself. Start to experience some new things. Become less universal with your language about yourself. Stop having blanket statements about who you are. And you're going to realize that you're going to become a lot more spontaneous, a lot more fun, a lot more open to new experiences in meeting different people and less judgmental as well. You're going to be less judgmental. You're going to not really care that somebody's choosing to do that or dress a certain way or whatever. Like you do you. You're going to start to feel that way. You truly will. And when you look at other people and genuinely think, you know what, good on you. You do you. You fucking... You fucking wear that outfit that you want to wear. Change your style overnight. Cut some bangs. Go change your career. Do all of that. When you feel that way about other people, you feel that way about yourself. When you judge other people being like, oh, God, are they really going to change their career now? Oh, God, what are they wearing? If you're thinking all of that, you're thinking that about yourself. 100% you're thinking that about yourself. Restricting, restricting, restricting. Restrictive mentality. If you have that mentality about other people, you are – like 100% have that mentality about yourself. No one with a free mind and a free spirit tries to restrict other people to like a, a label. It just doesn't happen. Anyway, guys, I hope that was interesting, gave you some food for thought. I hope you start exploring the different facets of your personality. Um, and the beauty about this is that no one else has to, you know, it's not like everyone has to say all the different sides of the personality. You just tap into it when you want to, when you're in the mood to, but start exploring it, start lifting, get rid of the labels, get rid of the pressure and start to explore what life has there for you. Because I know it sounds fucking like YOLO and all that shit, but you really have this one life, right? Milk it. 
milk it. And if you pigeonhole yourself to do one thing, you're not really milking your life. You're cutting out a whole bunch of experiences that you could be experiencing, okay? So go out there and just maximize your time here. All right, I love you guys so much and I'll speak to you guys on Monday. Big kiss, big love. Remember, be kind to yourselves, be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke.